Hi. <laughs> Wait, oh, you work? look so pretty. You told me to look cute, so. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do myself up. I've been running around all day. Just got out of the shower. Oh my gosh, no worries. But, it's so good to see your face without a mask on. Oh, I know. I know. I think this is the first time I've seen your teeth. <laughs> oh. I know. It's so weird meeting people during COVID, which, you know, like I've only seen you with a mask on at work. <laughs> right. What's up, girl? How you been? Well, I'm, I'm doing good. We just got back from vacation and I feel so happy to be able to leave for two weeks. It was incredible. We went to Tahiti and had the best time ever. I feel like I look sunburned right now, but it's... <laughs> I see a little glow. I think it's the pink on pink. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about your trip. Yeah, we went to um, an island right off of Tahiti. It's called Morea. And it's really, actually, it's only like eight hours to get to. I didn't know that it was that close, actually, from LA to Tahiti. It's only eight hours direct. And then you take a ferry from Tahiti to Morea and... It was like jungle and paradise and water snorkeling, like island vibes. It was like Hawaii before Hawaii, you know, got all commercialized. So we had a great time. It was just nice to get away. And it was my boyfriend's birthday. So his birthday's on New Year's Day. And we usually like to travel and go somewhere for that. So we went to French Polynesia. <laughs> Was it intense getting there in terms of the airport and COVID and all that, or it was fine? Actually, so we did a lot of research before um, because we wanted to be safe, um, obviously. And they were one of like the only ones, not the only ones, but there are certain islands because we wanted to, you know, like we wanted an island type of place to go to. Either we were looking in the Bahamas, um, but French Polynesia was really safe. You had to do a, a COVID test three days before arriving in French Polynesia. And then upon arriving, they give you an at-home test that you do four days after, and then you submit to the government. So it was really safe. Oh, you have to submit to their government. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they are really, they have it under control. As far as America, America didn't, they didn't care at all when we came back. <laughs> they're like, oh, okay, really? yeah, they're like, all right, come back in. No temperature checks, no COVID tests, no nothing. Um, but yeah, going to French Polynesia, we had, we needed two negative tests. So, I mean, before and then during. So I felt super safe. Everyone wore their masks. The airport was dead. Like, you know, I feel like it's still pretty dead. So yeah, we, we felt really, we felt really safe being there it's all outside and um yeah we loved it it was just a nice little getaway for new year's and his birthday and it was lovely That's trying awesome. to be trying to be influencers so we took a bunch of photos and we got we got some <laughs> we actually got a couple hotel rooms like overwater bungalows they comped the rooms for us and they gave us Ooh. a and yeah we kind of used our not that we have a huge following, but I was like, okay, let's just take some good photos for them. And it worked, so. <laughs> nice. So in exchange, they just wanted a photo? Yeah. 
Can you hear them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sorry. So what I is she doing? <laughs> I live in this crazy place. It's called the Hollywood Castle. It's up uh -huh. um, the hills and it's legit a massive castle. So there's like 12 people that live here. And we, my boyfriend and I live in a dungeon. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they just got a loudspeaker. And so they have two kids and like, they're just playing around with the loudspeaker. So. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? So everyone has their own section or wing of the castle? Yeah. So my boyfriend has lived here for um, like 10 years and I've been here now for four and it's basically a family friend of ours uh, or a friend that has now become family and they all live here. They all have their own rooms. We share a kitchen and we have to go upstairs to shower, but um, it's a really crazy place. They do a lot of production, uh, a lot of production here. They do music videos. You've probably seen like Katy Perry did I Kiss a Girl up in the princess room. Tom Petty did a, I think Into the Great Wide Open here. Um, Prince filmed here. It's just, it's kind of a legendary place. It was built in the seventies and it's been in the family forever and we live here. <laughs> Which <laughs> one is it in the Hollywood Hills? I wonder if I've seen it. I mean, possibly it's, you know, Beachwood Canyon. Uh-huh. It's Wait, are you the house with this literal Hollywood sign in the yard, but a smaller no, version? I know what you're talking about. No, but we're, we're close to that. That's oh, just always down. Got it. Have you been there? My friend lives right next door. Yeah. <laughs> to that place. <laughs> we always, oh, because they're like right in a cul-de-sac. We walk there a lot with our dog. And, yeah. Um, I always laugh whenever I see the Hollywood sign up there. <laughs> I used to be around there a lot because I lived down by more closer to the reservoir. I don't know if you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was on that section of the hill. Okay. That's, I would love to be down there, but the, the prices here, we would love to buy a place, but it's just so expensive in the hills. I know. Here. But I love the reservoir. We, we do a little, did you, have you ever gone to the hike? Um, not around the reservoir, but there's like a nice hike up by, Moby used to have a castle. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that house is also legendary. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Mo <laughs> we can actually see Moby's castle from our castle. It's really- uh, <laughs> There are a few <laughs> castles around there. <laughs> so many castles up here. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I used to do my walks and my runs around there often. Yes, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Beatles stayed there for a while. Oh, at, at Moby's Castle? Uh-huh. Before it was Moby's, back in the 70s, with the Rolling Stones, too. God, amazing. Can you imagine that there's era? So much, yeah, I know. There's so much history here. Yeah. Hollywood land, they call it here, which is so cool. That cafe at the foothills of Beachwood, that could be so amazing if they changed the menu up and did a little bit, Girl, just put in a tiny bit of effort. Girl, I know. We, we say that all the time. We've, my boyfriend's lived here for 10 years. We have mm -hmm. not been there. And then recently during COVID, like four months ago, we went for the first time first time and it's been there forever, but it's like, mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's not very inviting. Like that little area could be so cute. I mean, the market there has been there forever, but I know I agree with you. That cafe could be 
hustling, but yeah, have they you had been to for a while, but and that was nice. But they had what? They had outdoor seating during COVID, like when they, when we could do outdoor seating, and I think that helped a lot because people could actually see that it was a restaurant, and so people right. But have you been at Trails at the foothill of the Griffith Park hike? Yes, yeah, I haven't been there in forever, but just the little cafe there, right? So cute. So cute. With their homemade cookies and teas. I know. I feel like I went there when I moved here years ago, like nine years ago, but I don't think I've been back since. <laughs> what made you move to California? Where are you from? So I'm originally from Minnesota. I'm a Minnesota girl and I moved out here for makeup. So I, I came here, went to makeup school at um, MUD. Have you heard of MUD? Makeup Designery? Mm -mm. It's a school in Burbank, um, and I just did their beauty program. So I did their, you know, beauty 101 and their hairstyling, their portfolio class. But that was like probably like nine or ten years ago. I can't believe I've been here for this long. <laughs> but um, yeah, originally from Minnesota, I lived a completely different life before that. I was actually a volleyball player. I played collegiate volleyball in Chicago and. But I always loved makeup. It was something that I loved for since I was a really young girl. And I knew I wanted to be a celebrity makeup artist. I knew I wanted to either move to New York or LA. And once I like once I was graduating high school, I was going to actually move to New York and I was gonna either do makeup school or go to NYU and play volleyball. I scratched that. I went to Chicago and played volleyball. Um, and then graduated with a marketing degree and then worked in Minnesota for a couple of years uh, for business. And then I decided I was just not living my full life. I was like, I'm not gonna be happy here. If I meet somebody and settle down, you know, I'll be kind of stuck in Minnesota. And not that I, I love Minnesota, but I was just, I knew that I wanted more and I knew that I loved makeup. So I decided to quit my job. I moved to LA and went to school and then just left everything kind of behind from there and just started my freelance business in in Los Angeles so do you have a beauty philosophy or makeup philosophy I mean truthfully I feel like beauty really comes from the inside you know it's really about how you feel um if you feel healthy, if you feel beautiful, if you feel confident in yourself, um, I think that really shines through. So, you know, makeup obviously enhances someone's beauty, but you can really see, you know, the true beauty I think comes from the inside out. So that's kind of my philosophy and drink a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> and hydrated. Yeah, I got mine right next to me. <laughs> yeah. Number one is stay hydrated. Yeah. How long have you been doing this podcast? Not very long, just a few weeks. A few weeks? Yeah, yeah. I just had an idea one day and I was like, oh my God, this is it. Because I've been talking about it for maybe the past year with friends yeah we've had conversations oh my god we should do this this would be great la 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 but there was never any follow-through and then finally one day i just said okay i'm gonna do it myself and i went for it and it's been so rad good for you yeah 
you do so much. I just, you live like this, like, I remember meeting you or like talking to you at the COVID, the urgent care in Hollywood. <laughs> you were like telling me about your life and like everything that you've done. And I'm just like, wait, I'm like adding it up on my head. I'm like, how are you not a hundred years old? <laughs> I'm like, how have you done all these things? And you're <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Sometimes I think about that too. You're just a go-getter. I've had a lot of eras of Chloe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of like the, the type of world I built around me. And I feel now it's all coming together in the perfect way. That's amazing. Like just in the last couple months or like how long? Mm, Ever since COVID in the past year. Yeah. Cause you know, I had my yoga healing Chloe and then I had my, Chloe working in fashion, and then I had my what other main one? Well, the musician, like you were. Oh, yeah, I was working in music with musicians. I had that era, and so now it's kind of all one. So you feel like you've kind of brought them all together and in the best way, yeah. How, how so, like with this podcast and like with your higher states, like your your brand is all that. Yeah, just my people that are in my life. I feel like the ones that are coming to be a part of this, because none of this is really about me. Higher States is not about me. I I wanted to build a platform and a community of like-minded people, but from different walks of life and Mm. different age groups, different professions to show unity in all of us and the humanity in all of us. Because when we look out in society today, there's so much division and there's so much separateness and you have to choose a side, which I understand there's a healing process and a a phase of anger and resentment and angst that we all have to go through. But I feel the next stage of that is finding the we, and I've always been about the we and it's really important. A lot of people aren't talking about the we, and I think the podcast is a perfect way to show real conversations with real people because of how the internet works now. I get very despondent and disappointed in how people communicate and how ideas are spread across because it's so toxic, and yeah. it's like McDonald's food being thrown at you when... <laughs> when you should be having a wholesome meal and exercising, you know? Good point. Good point. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I just feel like with politics now, it's just like, in a way it's nice that people feel like they have, I feel like people are engaged more in politics than they ever have been. And they have a voice and they have their opinion, which is great. But I also feel like some people are taking it to the extreme and it's, and I don't, like, like you said, I think it's just toxic in a way. And it's just like, how much can you just like, how do you, how do you know what information you're putting out there is actually legit? You know, a lot of people, have you, have you researched that? Do you know where it's coming from? Have you checked your sources? Like, and that's just not happening a lot of the times. And that is so frustrating to know that all of this information that's being spread is like false, misleading, not all of it, but it's, yeah, I I agree with you. It's it's very toxic. I don't want McDonald's. (laughs) 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 Give me their french fries every once in a while. (laughs) For entertainment purposes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
So going back to wholesome uh, books and albums <laughs> is this yeah. podcast. <laughs> yes, that's really cool. Yeah, but still relatable, you know, because who wants to listen to dinosaurs talk? I want it to be with real people and engaging and just to feel like you're a part of a conversation with friends. Yes, I love that. Well, I mean, ever since I met you on set, you were just like super engaging. I just, I just felt like I wanted to keep talking to you in a way you're, I mean, you felt mysterious to me, but maybe that was because of the mask. I don't know. <laughs> like god chloe's so cool and i just want to keep like i just want to keep talking to her and, and i, I want to know more about you and i just you're just such a rad girl and or not, you're not a woman but you know what i mean <laughs> thanks sarah i feel the same way about you there's a light that surrounds you and i was very attracted to you from the beginning and how you carry yourself you're so positive thank you well yeah thank you i feel, feel like we connected right away and mm -hmm. i'm so happy to have met you through those shoots Mm-hmm. Yeah. My girlfriend, so my girlfriend is um Lauren, you know, so Lauren, I know through my boyfriend's um her husband is basically my boyfriend's friend and we all oh. met. So that's the connection there. So Got she me on um months ago. Like I think I think the shoot I did one shoot before you came on um and your team and then yeah, I've been working with them or the couple shoots with you and then, you know, continuing. So it's just so interesting. I, you know, the connections that you can meet in Los Angeles are just in crazy. It's, it's, just, it's unbelievable how you can meet somebody and then it's just like the snowball effect of, whoop, there goes my ear. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> the snow, they're like, what are you talking? <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> how did it fall out it has a backing i have no idea i feel like the backing is really loose i need to get oh uh, yeah be careful i've lost so many earrings oh with loose God. backings yeah it's definitely super loose we just won't play with that <laughs> <laughs> you are saying the snowball of people no yeah just the, the snowball effect of you know, I think what I've really come to appreciate about Los Angeles, at least my experience, I mean, I've never lived in New York, I'm sure it's pretty similar, but I just feel like these big cities and Los Angeles in particular has this magic about it that you can connect with one person and then it can change your life. And especially if you're, you know, creative or, you know, one person can introduce you to another person and then it just continues. And that's what has happened in my career and that's what happened like with Lauren you know and m my boyfriend met her husband through working um at Vice as a cinematographer and he was a producer and then we met and then I met Lauren we became good friends and then she hired me on and then now I'm meeting you and it's just like that's happened so often and I love just kind of t sitting back and and thinking about all the connections you know when I'm at a job and I'm like oh who, how did I get this and you mm. like all of these like all of these people that brought me to this place and I just am so grateful for those people and the connections and just I feel like the energy and the universe that is Los Angeles is so magical Sarah but that's not Los Angeles that's you really yes <laughs> <laughs>
No. Yes, not everyone has that experience in Los Angeles. That's all you, girl. No. What is your energy? So. Yes. I, I, I do think it's like a, the individual's energy too that obviously plays a big part in it. But I mean, look at you. Like you, you obviously know so many people. You've had so many connections. But that's because yeah. I'm the shit too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're just the shit. <laughs> no wonder we connected because we're the shit. Yes. <laughs> we are balls of light. Some people have an enshrouded cloud of darkness around them, you know? No, you're right. You're right. It's You're so right. You built this, you and the universe together. That's a really good point. Very true. I just, I, I guess to me, like I've been with my boyfriend, his name is Benji and I've been with him for nine years and he also has this amazing energy and and he just connects with people so easily and I've gotten so many jobs through him and everyone that he knows and I feel like I've learned that through him so I guess for me I just feel like oh yeah like that's something that's just normal but I feel like maybe I, he's rubbed off on me too because <laughs> how'd you guys meet he's actually from Minnesota too oh yeah, so he was my brother's like best friend in first grade. <laughs> oh my god, did you know him in first yeah. grade? Yeah, so we grew up together, like our families grew up together. He has siblings, he has a sister my age, and then a younger brother. And yeah, we went to school together. Um, I mean, I was so young, I was I'm three years younger than him. Um, so my brother and Benji kind of grew up together all of elementary school and then we moved to a different city in Minnesota and our family stayed connected but we you know obviously we weren't dating in first grade but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah so we we were still connected through all this I remember him talking to me when I was in college he found me on MySpace oh yes MySpace. Tom yes <laughs> <laughs> He wrote me this message on MySpace and he was like, he was living in Santa Cruz at the time and he was this, you know, surfer, skateboarder, like he was touring with a glam rock band. Like he was just this crazy individual. And I, I looked at his photos and I was like, wow, he lives such a different life, but he's like super hot. <laughs> so I talked to him for a little bit um, and then nothing came of it. And then I moved out to LA on my own and my brother actually saw that on Facebook that Benji was in LA too and he's like oh remember Benji he's in Los Angeles and maybe he'd be a good connection for you um networking connection and so I was like oh yeah great idea so I messaged him he invited me up to the castle didn't tell me I was coming to the castle didn't tell me anything about this property and I pulled up I met him. He came out. He walked out of this of our dungeon here, like shirtless with a dog. And I was like, oh boy, this is dangerous. <laughs> I had just moved to LA. I was like four months in. And yeah, we just never stopped talking ever since then. Oh my God. It was immediate like that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we we dated for a, quite a long time before it was like official or, you know, but yeah it was it was pretty immediate as far as like our connection i mean we we had the background we had you know the similarities of like growing up in minnesota so we connected and instantly and then we just text we were just texting every single day and we just couldn't stop talking and then now now it's been nine years <laughs> so. 
it's been a long time but wow so what do you think about that when you have connections like that with people is that fate is it meant to be is it love yeah. chance yeah i mean i i believe in fate i also believe that we're all we're all really connected i mean i believe in past lives i believe that you know maybe i mean even if we weren't connected in a past life i just feel like we're connected now and there was a reason why you know we're coming back together and i think timing is everything you know there were times in our relationship where you know, we didn't know if it was going to continue. We were just in two different places and then we stuck it out. And, um, but I think, I think timing is really everything. I think you could, it could be fate that you're going to meet each other, but if you're not, you know, if someone's not like in their higher consciousness at the same, you know, if you're not meeting each other in the same mind space and what you want out of life, like there's so many variables to actually make it work, you know? I, so I feel like fate is, is a thing and it's that happens but it's also like are you ready to take that that move with that person like are you are you at the same point together like mentally physically you know everything i feel like that's pretty important to continue a relationship as well i feel like some people you know i've i've even heard of marriages like breaking up and then they go on with their life and then they come back together and get remarried cuz they're like oh we you know we just weren't we weren't connected, you know, like we knew that we, we loved each other and we had that connection, but it wasn't, it wasn't as, I don't know, it wasn't the right time, I guess. So I don't know. I, I believe in fate. What do you think? I believe in fate too. Yeah. Yeah. And timing. And like you said, being in the same head space and heart space, it's really hard to find your match. And I think you have to go through a lot of weeds to find the flower. Oh man. Yeah. I remember dating. I mean, luckily I didn't have to date in LA very long, but it was, it was rough. Scary out there. <laughs> it was really scary. It was really scary. I don't know. I'm so grateful I didn't have to do it for very long because that was, that was, <laughs> that was scary. I'm used to like Midwest dating is a lot um, more wholesome mm -hmm. <laughs> out here. Mm-hmm. How about you? How's dating? I mean, how's dating life? COVID. I, oh my God, I don't date guys from LA, unfortunately. Oh. It's uh, just, ooh, <laughs> I want to throw up. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. The quality. I don't want to talk shit on the guys in LA. I have a lot of great guy friends. Yeah. Uh, they're amazing. But the guys that I have dated here have been oh, just so selfish and about themselves and yeah. not grounded in reality and um, yeah. just kind of lost. Yeah. And, and they don't know how to treat a woman. Oh my God. It's like they're used to dating girls that are in music videos. I don't know. <laughs> that's so true. They're just used to them acting. Acting. Yeah. In music videos. Like that's real. <laughs> that's reality. <laughs> so I told myself last year no more American men, foreign only. 
foreign only. Wow, you put it. (laughs) (laughs) That's not just LA. That's all of America. She's like, no, I'm done with American men. (laughs) I will make an exception if there's someone special. Oh my God. Yeah, girl, I've kind of uh, given up in LA. I don't even look at anyone anymore because I... I just know I'm going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably not the only one. (laughs) New York, I had more luck. There were more guys that uh, I was interested in there because they they had passions. They were raised right. They are more mature. They know how to treat women and be in adult relationships and vocalize how they feel. Yes. That's why, why do you think that is? You think it's because like LA brings like all the dreamers and it's, it's this world of like false reality of a Hollywood. And it's like, do you think that's a big part of it? I do. And it's so easy also here to be broke and still live a good life. Whereas in New York, yeah. you're broke, you're done. You can't yeah. be in the city. How are you going to afford your rent? The rent is so expensive. You need a job. You need responsibility. You need to face people every single day. Whereas here, you can just live with 10 people. I mean, you do, but you're an adult. (laughs) I didn't mean it like that. But you know what I mean. (laughs) Are you talking about me? Yes, I know. (laughs) I do know how that works. But you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> you can be homeless and you can make it here. <laughs> yeah, look, there's so many homeless people on the street by choice, too. I'm sure a lot of them are in bad situations and they have no other choice, but I'm sure a lot are like, well, we're in the sun. I'm going to build my fort and here we go. Yeah, the homelessness has gotten crazy since COVID. I can't I know. Awful. But anyways, that, well, so where, where, what countries are you? (laughs) Uh, South America, Europe, Africa. I'm down. I'm open. Would, Would you like move somewhere? Would you move to any of these countries? No, they would have to live in the United States, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I love your qualifications are amazing <laughs> how are you gonna meet them like on the internet obvious obviously no just out in life when things open up again I'm sure life when you travel yeah I'm sure things yeah. will be fine I'm not yeah. in any rush to be in a relationship I'm so content oh. good that's that's so important I feel like that's that's how I was. I had been single for like four years before I met Benji. And I was always the girl who always had a boyfriend, you know, throughout high school and college. And I was single and I felt so confident in myself, which is so important before you get in like a serious relationship. And it just felt right knowing that I was like, okay, like I'm ready to meet someone. And then literally the next week, that's when I, me and Benji reconnected. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the universe right there. Yeah, I I do believe it. And I, so I feel like that's incredible that you feel, you feel that way, that you're like content with yourself, you're, you're happy, 
that's so important because you can't have a, you can't expect a partner to like make you whole, you know, you have to be whole yourself. Yeah. That's way too much pressure to put on someone. Mm -mm. And you're always looking outside of yourself for validation to be whole. Why would you want that ever? Oh, no, but I I have, there's so many people that do that. I mean, at least a lot of, you know, I've seen some friends that are like, yeah, you know, it's, and I feel like I could have been going down that as well, you know, because I feel like I used to be really, I've always been an independent person, but like always having boyfriends, I felt like my happiness was always dependent on them. And it's like, I've learned that that is not the case and it shouldn't be the case. It should never be the case. Your happiness comes from within, from, from yourself, you know, only you can make yourself happy. And then your partner is just a supplemental, like, amazing partner that you can have adventures with and that brings you love and joy and happiness and but it's not like your soul identity you know yeah yeah I mean I've had a few friends stick out relationships just because they didn't want to be alone and it's so sad even though they know it's wrong even though they know it's over they should leave but it's that fear of not having someone yeah no, it's, yeah I get it that is real it's scary, but it, once you just let yourself go and just be like, oh, it, the feeling of being confident on your own is there's nothing better than that, that I've experienced, you know, just having, just knowing that you're enough, you know, this is so wonderful and not having to rely on somebody else. Yeah, I know. I don't know how this next man is going to swoop in and be able to enhance my life because my life is already pretty great (laughs) like they have to they have to be amazing for me to open up that space you know that's incredible though because once you built your castle you want to make sure they're right for the castle exactly yeah well the right person's he's he's definitely there you know once once the time's right he's definitely there come in it's just gonna like be a perfect fit i think he's maybe in hawaii Ooh. or mozambique where's or mozambique it's an island off of africa oh yeah he's wow. an island man i love islands oh my god there was some really hot french polynesians that's for sure oh i bet they're big yeah. they're huge rice <laughs> <laughs> Like Jason Momoa types, right? Just yeah. big and buff and thick. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot. Maybe you need to go to French Polynesia. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Tahiti's a really cool city. I mean, it's 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 like you you know, you think of Tahiti being like, oh, that's paradise. But when people fly to Tahiti, they don't really stay in Tahiti. They go out to Bora Bora, Morea, like all these other islands. But Tahiti's got like, you know little city life and local life and there's some there's some there's some hunks out there oh so it feels big in Tahiti in yeah. terms of oh I didn't know that there's I mean I want to say there's over a thousand like 1500 islands maybe not that much but there, there's a lot of islands in French mm. Polynesia so Tahiti is just like the main point that you fly into and obviously you know there's a lot to do in Tahiti too but most people fly to like Bora Bora or other destinations. Bora Bora is just the most popular 
and then Morea, and then there's many, like so many different small islands that you can go to. Mm. Do you think that your trip there was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life? Or is there somewhere else you've been that's up there? No, I mean, I think that's definitely one of them. I mean, we've been to the Maldives, which was also incredible, but very different because it was very, you know, flat islands, um, just like white sand and palm trees, which is incredible. And you can, again, hop from like island to island. That was also paradise. But what I loved about Tahiti is that I love mountains. And so it had like the lush forests and mountains and you can like you can stay on the on the beach you can go to an island or you can stay in the mountains um you can do hikes you can you know there's all the fresh fruit you could possibly want um the vegetation is just unbelievable i mean it's it's very comparable to hawaii but i think french polynesia is prettier oh <gasps> how dare you <laughs> How dare I? I mean, I was also just there. So, you know what I mean? I haven't been to Hawaii in five years or something. <laughs> but Hawaii is stunning. Maui was incredible. I loved Maui. I've only been there. So that was also really special. I, I just think, I just, I think it's just enchanting because people speak French there and it's the, on Morea Island, it was just less developed than Hawaii. And so you could like drive around the whole island and it still felt a little like third world, but not, but like still amazing. Like all these beautiful resorts and local, you know, people and local food. And uh, it was just wonderful. Oh, people speak French there. That's yeah. the main language. Mm -hmm. French is the main language. It's a French territory. So everything is super expensive though. Ooh. Very expensive, but. Because yeah. they have to ship everything in. Mm-hmm. Yep, oh. and there's tax really high there too, um, for some reason. But did you notice a lot of expats living there? Mm, I didn't really notice. No. Yeah. Okay. No. So local, local people only mainly. I mean, you know, there there are definitely you know foreigners. Like a lot of French people would go there um, because it's you know a French territory, but. And a lot of Americans, Australians. Um, but yeah, there was a ton of local people on the island, which was lovely. I love to kind of go into the local scene. That's yeah, me too. That's the best part. It is the best part. Have you traveled a lot? I'm assuming you've traveled a lot. Yeah, I have. I lived in New Zealand and in Australia. Oh um, and then I lived in Bali and Mexico. Oh. Okay, how's um, Bali's our next place? How, oh, it is? Bali. Mm -hmm. I love Bali. Bali's magic. Yeah. The people there are so kind. It's the only Hindu island out of all of Indonesia. The rest of Indonesia is Muslim. Yeah. So when you go, you notice all day they're giving ritual and offering incense and flowers and food to their deities at the temple. Yes. So the smell of that is so intoxicating. You, you really feel like you're hypnotized by the prayers oh. and the magic that these people bring. Okay, um, I know. It's a very simple life. Uh, now I'm sure the Western infiltration has made it a bit different, but if yeah. you still go to the little villages, you can see how they live naturally. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. So my boyfriend's dream is to own an, his own island. And so that we've kind of been doing our research. That's why we go to all these like island countries. <laughs> ah. So we've done the Maldives, we've done, you know, Hawaii, French Melanesia. Um, but our next one is Bali. And I think we're going to fall in love with Bali. How do you buy an island? There's, so you really have to look into the country's laws because sometimes um, you can get really screwed if you don't know. And you need, you need to kind of have a local there to help guide you like an agent. Um, because some countries, they call it like a, you can't actually own the island. You only like, I mean, you Rent buy the land, it. land, right? Only, yeah, you only like own it. I forget the name of it, but it's like you only own it for 99 years or something. Right. And then it's like the, the new owner can come or you have to like buy it again or whatever. Oh, it's called the freehold. Something like my boyfriend knows all about it. But basically there's only certain countries that you can actually buy out, um, you know, a, a specific island and you own it for life. Um, French Polynesia, you can, we found that out, but there's, I think Bali, you can as well, if there's islands off of Bali, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And, and, and you have to make sure that there's, you know, electricity and water. That's really important. Um, I know in French Polynesia and like in the Maldives, they were collecting rainwater, um, or they were doing the desalination plants. There's so much that goes into it because it costs a fortune, as you can imagine, to like come onto a blank, you know, island with none of the amenities and then having to add that would be very expensive. But and then who are you buying from? The government? So there are actual individuals who just like a house, like you would just buy from them. But then I think other countries you have to like buy through the government as well. And that's when it can get tricky. So I don't know all the ins and outs, but my boyfriend has been researching it for a while. So I think Richard Branson did that too. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Oh, and Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, he did. <laughs> I wonder who got that house and the island. Where'd it go? That's actually a great question. Because it's, I'm sure it's sick, right? Oh, yeah. Did you, yeah, I saw it. I remember seeing it on the documentary. It was a beautiful island, but mm -hmm. ugh, who would want that? <laughs> that's true that's bad juju that you there. Mm -hmm. yeah I I think it was a documentary that I watched too I'm not sure which one it was but they said someone tried to escape a young girl and she was hiding by the rocks on the edge of the island and mm -hmm. the video camera I guess he put up video cameras all over the island and it caught her so she couldn't get anywhere escape yeah it's disgusting oh so bad. Wild. Yeah. No, you don't want to be like that. It's so, <laughs> you don't it's so, huh? So nobody wants that island. <laughs> no. It's so crazy though how all of this got revealed in the past couple years, huh? All yeah. of this, all of the dirt. It's all being unearthed. Did you hear about like the 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 aliens? Like the the documents that the government have to release? Oh yeah. It was like, through, yeah, like the, the COVID, like, I feel like, I think it was Trump that said, put it into the COVID bill that you, that they had to give all the documents. The government had yeah. to expose all the documents of aliens and all that. <laughs> Tight. I can't wait. 
<laughs> I'm like, I need to, I need to see those documents. I'm curious. <laughs> I feel like maybe not in our lifetime, but in the next generation or maybe the generation after that, maybe humans will be on another planet. Did you watch the George, George Clooney um, movie that's on Netflix? Was it on Netflix? I don't know, but it's, it basically is like, you know, Earth is inhabitable and they go to Mars or whatever and they have to like send everyone up there. Oh, but, no, no I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a little depressing, but. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I agree. It's, it's so interesting. I mean, unless we really make some big changes with our climate, like we're definitely going to have to seek out other options, which I know they're already doing. That's what Elon's doing. Mm-hmm. Do you think Do you he's think, an alien? <laughs> uh, I think he's a super special human being who has been put on this earth to be a visionary mm. and can connect with the aliens. Yeah. He'll be the bridge. Totally. Yeah, he's he's wild. And that's why he's with Grimes, because she's similar. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Both out of this world. <laughs> Both out of this world. <laughs> I can't imagine their relationship. I think about that. <laughs> so it must be really cool. So imaginative. I don't know, but do you think he is with her though? You think or you think he leaves that like in the office, you know? Well he's pretty creative. Obviously. Look at look at with you. You know, you don't yeah. leave your work behind. It's a part of you, right? I mean, you leave a part a part of it behind. Yeah. But yeah. you you are who you are, That's right? True. That's true. <laughs> By the way, I need to get some of your clothing. Ooh, yes. What do you want? I mean, I don't know. I just I want it all. I want Benji and I to have like a matching outfit. <laughs> oh, cute. I love it. Yes, and please take a couple photo. I don't have yeah. one of those. Yeah. Now that we, you know, know how to influence from our, our uh, vacation. We'll... Yes, girl, be my influencer. <laughs> I hate that. We hate that word, though. It's, so it's such a dirty word. It is such a dirty word. <laughs> it is. But, I mean... It got yeah. us what we wanted. It got us some free bungalows. So that are probably a few thousand bucks. Yeah. We are not complaining. We are very Yeah. <laughs> so what is the process of that? Do you just say, hi, I'm so and so. I will take a photo if you give us a free stay. Is that literally all you have to do? Yeah. I mean, in so little words, yeah. It's basically we, you know, created this pitch and we actually went into the hotel and talked to the manager and just told them like Benji's experience, you know, he's a Emmy award-winning cinematographer and photographer and, you know, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what we said I was. I think they just said I was a producer or something. <laughs> I was like, I can take photos. And they're like, okay, can you put them in them? We're like, okay. <laughs> oh, amazing. And yeah. It, it just kind of worked. We've always wanted to try it. And the people that we met were so sweet and they gave us, you know, some deals and we just took a, ton of content for them videos and photos and yeah they comped our stay so and then do you give them all the photos before you leave so yeah they were we gave them a couple and then they're like we know you're enjoying the rest of your vacation just give it to us you know in a couple weeks they didn't really care so yeah they were awesome so now we're connected. Hi. Oh, 
let us know when you go. <laughs> we have the connections <laughs> to find your man in French Polynesia. <laughs> Maybe you'll find him on that trip. Maybe. He better be able to carry me. <laughs> oh, so. Lift me over his shoulder. <laughs> oh my God. Once things open up, I really want to go to Japan. Oh, I love Japan. Have Have you ever been? No, I've only been to Korea and neighboring countries like Malaysia and Singapore, but I know Japan is in a whole different culture that I'm going to be in shock. Yes, yes. By witnessing. Yes, the people are absolutely incredible. They're so nice. They just want to help you. They love Americans. I mean, we obviously looked a little different. My boyfriend's like six, six and he's white with curly hair and I'm blonde with, you know, blue eyes. So like, they were like, Oh my God, all about it. And like, they wanted to take pictures. They oh, really? we, like, can we take picture? And, and we thought like, Oh, they wanted a picture together. And they're like, no, they just want a picture of Benji. Are you <laughs> serious? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you going to do with just a picture of a random man? <laughs> Oh my God, does he look that different and unique or he's just yeah, a man he, that's not I mean, Japanese? Well, I mean, yes, that too. But like he's, you know, white, blue eyed, long, curly, dark hair, six, six, like he stands out and they're not that tall, obviously. <laughs> so yeah. <just> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, who is this giant? We got to take a picture of him. <laughs> Oh my God, that must have been hilarious for him. It's no, it was it was so funny. Like every, it, he felt like a celebrity. Like everyone just wanted his picture. Um, <laughs> all right, whatever they they, <laughs> they didn't care as much about me, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to go for an inspo trip. Oh my God, you will love Japan. I mean, we stayed in Tokyo. We kind of went all around, but Tokyo is awesome. The cities are extremely clean if you litter it's like it's like a fine so there yeah. is zero zero waste anywhere there's they don't even have garbage cans so like if you have trash you have to bring it home to your own house to throw oh, away. I so like there's that. like yeah it's awesome there's zero waste like the it's amazing and um there's just so much to see in the style everyone looks amazing like just the way they they're just so stylish you walk around like all these malls and there's just so much to do. And then you can go to like Mount Fuji, which is stunning. You can go up into the Japanese Alps that we did and you can stay with a monk and you can live like a monk for a couple days and you like sleep on the ground and then they give you, you know, this meal, vegan meal that you sit on the ground and eat. And um, it's really cool. We walked through like this old forest um, and they're supposedly like the body of the body and soul of, you know, this old Buddha, you know, like in the back of this cemetery and it's in this like beautiful old growth, like forest. It was probably the most beautiful place I've been and the most serene, like the energy in that forest mm. was just, I can't even explain it. Like I, I, I cried. It was so peaceful, so peaceful. I can't wait for you to go to Japan. It's another one of my favorite places. How did it make your body feel when you say that? In, in the forest? Uh-huh. No. When you say peaceful, yeah. 
I mean, I just, I, I mean, I felt like weightless. Like I felt like I was just oh. like part of that forest. Like I wasn't like I was in it. Like I was one with nature. Like a, it was insane. I, I felt like my head was just clear and we went with, um, one of the monks. And once we got to the, like, um, you walk through like this whole cemetery. And then once you get to the end where he's supposed to be, you know, an eternal, an eternal life, you know, at this little shrine, you sit there and we did a meditation with this monk. And it was just, I was crying. It was so beautiful. And I could, I could feel the energy of, of them there. Like it was, it was crazy. Wow. Yeah, I'll find out. I can't remember. This was years ago that we went, but I'll, I'll find the name of it. You should definitely go there. Yeah, I want to. Incredible experience. Yeah, those moments of serenity in life. Yes. That's how I felt when I got off the plane in Bali. Oh, really? Oh my God, I can't yeah. wait. One day. Just complete union and weightlessness. Oh. But at the same time, there was this magnetic rod of stability within the weightlessness. I'd never felt that before, the balance of the two. I'm so strong inside my body. Oh. I, I feel like in certain places in, on earth, there are magnetic forces, vortexes. 100%. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Have you been to Yellowstone? When I was a kid, I want to go back this spring or summer. You must go back. We went there, um, when was it? This summer, um, during COVID, we did a road trip and we stayed there for like three days, which was ne not nearly long enough, but that was another place that was like out of this world. Felt like you were at, in Mars, like you're on another planet. And again, the energy there was like, it's like you were just a little piece on this huge earth. Like you just felt... Like you were a part of it, but you were also so small, you know? Yeah. Oh, it was just like the colors and everything. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, that's so beautiful there too. I heard because of COVID and they had to close it down that bears were able to have babies. There were plant life and vegetation that came back and it was able to heal. That we actually, like, I feel we, I felt like we went there at the perfect time because mm. they had, I think just reopened or they had been open for a little bit, but they weren't allowing the big tour buses in and they were only at like 50% capacity. So you could drive and like, you weren't hitting traffic. There weren't a lot of people. I remember at sunset, we walked through one of the, one of the sites and there was nobody, nobody there which wow. I'm sure it would be like hundreds of people walking through and that's a totally different experience. But we were there mm -hmm. all alone at sunset, didn't see a person for an hour and just like walking through this like oh, miracle of land. Like this place is mm -hmm. so We talked to some of the people there and they had seen the babies. Like I guess this one mother, this one mother gave birth, um, this one bear who was like, a legend there and she's I think like 10 years old like she was able to have babies and multiple people saw her with her three cubs ah. because there's hardly any people around they weren't disturbing like they just felt comfortable they took back the land and they're like this is this is ours mm -hmm. <laughs> really beautiful my ringtone is crickets and frogs from the big island of Hawaii Oh, I love nature. I, oh I love anything outdoors. 
me and to the earth. Mm-hmm. I'm very connected to the earth. I feel mm-hmm. like that's where I get my, that's where I refill my, my glasses in earth. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been up North to Northern California, the uh, redwoods? Yes. I need to go again though. Cause I went there when I was a, a kid as well, but I need to go back and experience those beautiful majestic trees. I love the way the sun pokes through the leaves and the branches. You know how when you look at the sky sometimes and you can see God because of the beams from the sun are going through the clouds? It's like that. Oh my God. Trees. Oh, trees are magical. I love trees. I remember when I'm moving to California, I, I don't have any tattoos, but I wanted to get a tattoo just so I would remember my roots in Minnesota and like remember you know, like the kindness and like, you know, they call it Minnesota nice because everyone is really nice in Minnesota. It's very different. And I didn't want to lose like my connection to my roots. And so I wanted to get, because I was, you know, I do makeup. So I was going to do roots coming out of my, out of my right hand. So every time I would make up, I would never lose sight of like where I came from. I never ended up getting it, but I still think about that. So maybe that's all it was needed, but that's all I needed it for. But yeah, trees are magical. Yeah. And the cool thing I learned about redwoods is their root system. You know how they're really long and thin and tall? Mm -hmm. Their root system actually grows horizontal Mm -hmm. towards each other, kind of like a mint herb to stay up and be erect that tall up in the sky. So one tree, yes, exactly. That's beautiful. I love that. Have you, have you seen, um, you know, Paul Samets? He's a, a mushroom like guru. Oh, no. Heard of him? I'm not familiar. Uh-uh. I need, need to though. Yeah, he's, he's really fascinating. He lives, he lives in um, like Seattle and he's near the old growth forest, like up in, up in the, the Northwest. And he, what is the name of this? Um, oh my God, how am I forgetting? He did this movie, this documentary about mushrooms. Um, and they talk about their root system as well. And, and the, they basically help the trees, like the, the redwoods and everything. I mean, all trees. So basically there's so many, think of like, you know, like the internet and the digital like wires that cross constantly um that is basically the network of mushrooms too so when you're walking on the earth you're constantly walking on mushrooms and on their network and Mm -hmm. oh my god i I have to look up this name of this um you have to watch it it's so fascinating he talks about magic mushrooms and you know how it can help heal like depression and and alzheimer's and cancer and like all of these things he must have been friends with Terrence McKenna. Maybe. I don't I guess I don't know who that is. He's another mushroom guy. He's amazing. Fantastic fungi. Okay. Yeah, you should watch that. Put that on your I will. On Vimeo. Fantastic fungi. It's such a fascinating movie of our documentary about mushrooms. I didn't know how incredible mushrooms were i knew the healing properties of mushrooms but like just their whole network and how they communicate and like once one you know they they basically help decay matter in nature and so 
it's it's fascinating i'll just yeah watch it highly recommend yeah they're so intelligent mm-hmm very intelligent even ants too oh i hate ants though you you do, I do. <laughs> how come did, did you I have a situation that. yeah we have situation at the <laughs> situation so living in the hills here you and this castle is so old that there's cracks everywhere so when it gets hot out we literally have like mounds of ants just like walking everywhere. oh yeah then you know i even had them by my bed like they're everywhere so i i mean i can respect what they're all about but i can't, <laughs> I can't stand ants <laughs> i'm so over them <laughs> Yeah, they are a pest if they're in your home, for sure. They're a huge pest. And I, yeah. usually, I, I usually don't like killing things, but those ants, I will. I will, I will Bleach? Ants. <laughs> yeah, I've tried everything. <laughs> they just continue. I don't know where they come from, the walls. Like, it's so gross. It's so gross. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Is it that the ground gets too hot for them, so they're looking for shelter and in insulation? Yeah, and they also look for water, so that's why they buy, like, the sinks and stuff, oh. and we'll wake up in the morning with, like, our glass of water by our bed, just full of ants. Oh, really? That gross, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my friend who lives in Laurel Canyon, he has a pool and a bunch of succulents in mm -hmm. his backyard, and he was saying the deer, they come down now because they're looking for water, too, and they're just eating the succulents for the water. They're eating the succulents. Oh. Yeah. They're not drinking the pool water because of, I guess, the salt or the chlorine or whatever he puts in there. But the succulents, yeah. That's so odd. I mean, I know that, I mean, I guess that deer, they can be a pest too because they can eat a lot of things in your garden, but that's a bummer. I mean. Mm -hmm. They're suffering from climate change. Exactly. Yeah. They need, that's a bummer. Well, it's going to rain this week, hopefully. So we'll Yeah. <laughs> yeah tonight i think also oh, tonight mm -hmm. nice yeah i don't know i'm kind of bummed i'm like i haven't done my makeup in so long i wish i could go out <laughs> <laughs> i am going out i'm here with you but i was <laughs> i haven't gone out since march oh my god i haven't gone out to dance and listen to live music since then where are you I'm, from where did you grow up i grew up in huntington beach about an hour south of here that's like super trump land super trump land yeah it's very red very republican and it was even worse when i was a kid because i was one of few people of color and oh, that was when the skinheads would reign so i was very uncomfortable growing up so i got out as soon as i could but on the flip side i was by the beach yeah so i mean i was in surf camp as a kid i was at the beach uh -huh. every day I love being in the water. So that was the good part about living down there. How was growing up in California? Like school, like could you, like I always feel like being from the Midwest, being in Minnesota where it's like we would have, you know, the seasons and in the winter it'd be freezing for like five months, you know? So like we would actually have to do things indoors you know and we would focus on our schoolwork or like do other things i always wonder how it would be like having kids in california with this beautiful weather like did did you actually learn in school <laughs> 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 did you actually focus 
Uh, well, it is summertime USA here. Yeah. But look at me, I'm Korean. I come from immigrant parents who came yeah. over in the 80s. So I was learning everything a year ahead of all of my classmates. During summertime, they would buy all the books and curriculum. So I could be the smartest person for the next year. So I didn't get to play. Shut up. <laughs> oh my God, you poor thing. <laughs> I was in school all the time. No. Or, or playing piano for five hours. Yeah. Korean parents are really intense. Wow. Because they come to a new country. They want their children to do well. They don't want them to suffer. So they... They think education and um, being the best is the only way to build a, um, a life for yourself. But come on, when you're 10 or nine. <laughs> no, friends, you need to be outside. Wow. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's why you're so well educated. That's why you've done so much in your life. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think I'm the right person to ask <laughs> that question. <laughs> She was forced to do school. That's <laughs> true. I'll ask someone else. <laughs> no, my, my childhood was great in that regard. Right. Yeah, because um, I had a balance of both. But I, I don't know how it is. I, when I moved to New York, that was the first time I experienced four seasons. Mm -hmm. Because even when I lived in other countries, I always went to an island or somewhere yeah. tropical. I was yeah. chasing summers. Yeah. So I never got to experience it. And when I felt that cold on my face for the first time and through the through my bones, I mm. suffered. Yeah. No, I mean, not having any experience with that, I can imagine. My friends used to laugh at me so much because I would show up to their house in 10 coats <laughs> layered on top of each other. I didn't know how to act, Sarah. I was so cold. <laughs> and they were like, is it snowing outside? And it was, it was only 40 or 30 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in, in Minnesota, when it's 40, they wear shorts. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I look like a marshmallow, but wearing all black. <laughs> oh my god, I can imagine. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. You had like the scarves wrapped around your whole head. Yes, I had two scarves, three beanies, at least seven sweaters, some cashmere, and puffy coats all layered <laughs> on top of each other. <laughs> How long did you live there? Only three years. Okay. Yeah, I left because I got a job opportunity to go on tour with someone. So I went to Europe and then my grandmother passed away. And that's what made me move back to LA because I wanted to be closer to my family. Right, right. Have you seen, you've seen your family since COVID, right? You got to yeah. Huntington Beach. Yeah. Oh, they don't live there anymore. Oh, they don't? Where are they now? No, it's up in the mountains. Where's that? It is. Do you know Big Bear? Do you know Big Bear? Have you been there? Okay, so it's close to there. It's on the way. That's lovely. Yeah, my auntie, her dream her whole life was to live by a river oh. so she could get free water for all her plants. Because <laughs> she, she, she loves flowers. She loves plants. Oh. Um, she's an Ikebana instructor. So. Oh, wow. 
flowers are her life and she was an interior designer and her husband was an architect so they got this piece of land and built their dream home and there's a creek that runs through so she got her dream for her flowers that sounds beautiful though up in the mountains i love the mountains so mm. do you choose mountains over sea is that your spot see that's really hard i think i would i would choose tropical ocean okay but I have an affinity to mountains. Like, I don't think I could do without mountains. Now that I've lived in California, I just feel like it, it just brings me so much, like, grounding peace, having a mountain. I don't know what's mm -hmm. wrong about it. I get it. And the ocean's amazing. But I, if it was, like, mountains in, like, in Los Angeles, if it was, you know, the ocean or the mountains in L.A., I'd probably pick the mountains. But if it was like living in a tropical location, I'd pick the tropical location. Yeah. What about Big Sur when it's mountain and sea? Yeah, Big Sur is stunning. I love Big Sur. I, I could I don't I could never really live there, but it's beautiful. It's magical. Mm -hmm. Have you been to Esalen? Mm-mm. Oh, you gotta go to Esalen. You gotta go to the hot tub. No. Oh. Do you know what it is? No, is that like the hot, like a hot spring? Oh no, it's a retreat center slash live-in community slash uh, teaching center. I I guess is how you could describe it. It's been there since the '60s. Is it in Big Sur? Yeah, yeah. And they have these hot tubs that overlook the Pacific Ocean. And for people who aren't staying there, you can use it. I think the time is from midnight to three or four a.m. Okay. You just pay twenty dollars to go. I have heard of this. I've never done it, but I need to go. I need to go down there, or up there. <laughs> I mean, just imagine sitting in the hot tub and watching the sun go down. Okay, now I want to go now. <laughs> tomorrow, I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> going tomorrow. Yeah. When you guys did all your road trips, did you rent an RV or did you camp? What did you do? We wanted to rent an RV. That was the plan, but. We were driving to Minnesota and we were going to, we stayed in Minnesota for a couple months. And so it's really, really expensive to get an RV that's not round trip. Oh RV. yeah. So like a one way, it's like, you just, you really can't do like a one way RV. You mm -hmm. have to rent it and then, you know, take it for a couple weeks or whatever, and then drop it at the same place. Mm -hmm. So we ended up just getting um, like an SUV and driving and we camped um so we camped in Yellowstone and then we went to um oh my gosh what's right next to Yellowstone that beautiful the, the Tetons the Grand Tetons oh uh, yeah so we went there too which was also very 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 stunning um and then yeah and then Minnesota so we that was like during the summer when everything was shut down still and I wasn't working so we're like let's just go and we drove because we didn't want to fly so yeah that was a lovely there's just so much to see in the U.S. too that I think we take mm -hmm. for granted. We usually just, you know, fly somewhere, but yeah. that was, that really brought us back to like, wow, America is gorgeous and America has yeah. a lot, a lot to see and experience. And I'm glad that we were able to do that. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go to the Arizona gem show. Oh, it's next month. Yeah. Who is it? It's uh, I think it's Tucson actually, but Sedona is still very close. Okay. Okay. Oh, maybe you're right. I think it is in 
in Tucson. Oh my God. That'd be amazing. I've always wanted to go. (gasps) Me too. That sounds lovely. Are you going to fly? I don't know. I have a couple friends there. So Mm -hmm. it'd be cool if I could drive there just so I could zip around, you know? Oh my God. I could take my dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. You should drive. I wonder how long it is to Tucson from here. It's about six. Oh, that's it to Tucson? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, definitely. You can do that in a day. Yeah. Yeah. But my dog hates being in the car for longer than an hour. So I don't know. I'm still thinking about what I should do. What if you, what if you, like, even in a kennel? Does he sleep in a kennel? No. No, I don't have one for him, but I don't think he'll like the kennel. No. No. He He just gets car sick. Oh, well, maybe, maybe do a little tester, drive to the beach or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll try a two hour trip. I'm going yeah. to Ojai next week. I'll oh, do it then and bring them with me. I love Ojai. Yeah. Do you have friends up there? Or what are you doing in Ojai? Yeah. I have a couple friends there. Uh, one of them just opened up a yoga studio. So I'm going to go visit her and check it out. And she's going to be on the podcast too. Her name's Sam. Nice. I have an amazing um, esthetician up in Ojai. They're probably not open right now, but she's this. She makes her own skincare as well. She's incredible. I'll send you her information too. Yeah, please do. Products are amazing. What's it called? I'm like now that I'm saying that, I forget what the. Have you used Esun in Colorado? Uh uh. Oh, that's my favorite. Do you have a resale license for beauty products? No. Okay. No. Um, maybe they'll work out some sort of deal with you, like a sampler pack, since you're, you're in beauty. Their oh, products yeah. are amazing. Really? What's, oh, okay. Earth, Earth Tonics. That's the name. Earth Tonics. Okay. I'll look it, yeah. I'll look it up. She's incredible. What, what's the name of the skincare you're, you were saying? Isun. I-S-U-N. And they're based in Colorado. Oh, okay. I'll try that. You for sure can buy samples, but you know, maybe you can use your influencer powers. <laughs> <laughs> My witchy influencer power. <laughs> yeah, it just it feels so luxurious and everything's organic. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Very, very fresh and yummy. Oh, your skin looks beautiful. Thank you. Is that all you use? What, Ethan? Ethan, yeah. No, I use a whole bunch of other stuff too. Yeah, I've been doing night cream during the day because it's been so dry and that really helps. Yeah, super dry recently. Let's do a change in the, in the temp. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I love a good cream. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember the start of quarantine, I was using I was getting so much product sent to me and I was using way too much on my face. All these, <laughs> all these different active ingredients and they were all like mixing and matching. I was just like so excited. And then I also wasn't wearing makeup, you know, cause it was like, why I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And my skin freaked out. I had like, oh. I got terrible dermatitis uh-huh. for, like months and it wouldn't go oh, away. No. Um, I know I actually did a whole like YouTube video about it because it was so bad. And I, we are actually beekeepers. We used to have bees. They, they left us, they swarmed, but 
I actually used their honey and I would put that on at night and it, it helped the dermatitis tremendously. Like it really helped oh. down because of all the medicinal properties in the honey. Uh-huh. And yeah, I did a whole, <laughs> I did like a whole YouTube video on it and showed the progress and it actually went away. It healed. But, How long did it take? Um, I had it, I had had the dermatitis for like three months, but then I finally wow. started the honey like towards the end and that really helped. Just so. from using too many products? Yeah. Some like there was something that was just my skin didn't was not happy with. Oh no. Yeah, it was really sad. Make sure to like do a patch test. Don't just put all this random shit on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about bees. I don't know anything about bees. Oh, bees are magical creatures. I, I'm so sad. So we um we had a hive for like a good year and they were thriving. They were doing so well. Um they were creating- What does that mean? A hive? Uh, so like a whole, like a whole colony of bees, like a whole, like a whole beehive. So we, we had a compost pile and our roommate was like, I think there's bees in the compost pile. And we're like, okay, let's check it out. And he opened it up and there was just like rows and rows of the honeycomb and just <gasps> everywhere. They had created their home in, in our compost pile. And we were looking at it and we're like, oh, like, what do we do? Like, we've always wanted bees. We want to transfer it to, you know, their own little home and their bee box. And so I had done a, um, a little like documentary in a show with my client Zoe de Chanel, and we were in Malibu and it was all about beekeeping, this one episode that we were doing. And so I actually met three different beekeepers throughout the filming that episode. And so I called one of them. They actually came down to help us. Um, two of them came down. We did like a whole surgery where we had to like cut off the honeycomb and then we transferred it to, have you ever seen a bee box and like what it looks uh -uh. like? So it's, it's basically a box, just easy, simple, like wooden box. And then you have frames um, that you put in and the bees will make their own honeycomb on the, um, the frames but we already had they already had it started in the compost pile so what we did is you'd cut very gently you'd cut out the comb you would take the um the frame and you would take rubber bands and you would attach you attach the um, honeycomb into the frame and then you'd put it back into the box and they would over time they would fix the honeycomb and then they would eventually eat off the rubber bands and then it would basically fill up the entire frame with the honeycomb oh. so they would repair it and then they would continue building and so we transferred everything over to our bee box so that we could monitor them we could you know go in we could we didn't really we weren't there to like steal their honey but we obviously tried some of their honey <laughs> but it was just magical to watch them and getting so we had our bee suits just watching their everything that they were they were doing and seeing the queen bee which the queen bee is like a little bigger than all the other bees um all the worker bees are all female oh if you didn't know that yeah i didn't i didn't realize this either but so all of the bees that you see that are honey bees they're all female Okay. And the males are called drones and they're black. And so like, they're like bigger black bees that they just come in, 
they fertilize the egg um, and then they leave. They don't, they don't do anything else, but like spread their seed. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And then where do they go? What do they do with their life? I, I don't know. They just have to fly around. <laughs> just like the men in LA, they just fly around. They <laughs> Aimlessly lost. What do I do next? <laughs> I feel like my only job is to come fertilize this and then I leave. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it was how magical experience. What were you saying? How many bees are in the hive? Oh, hundreds, hundreds. Oh, really? Thousands once it's big. Yeah. Oh. So we got it to a point where the whole box was filled with honeycomb and there's eight frames. So that's like, it's a lot, it's a lot of bees. Um, and then what we did is after a year, um, springtime is when bees swarm. And that means like they're a healthy colony, they're a healthy hive, and they swarm to find a new area. And at that point, it's because they're too big and they've kind of outgrown their area. And so they, they take half of the hive or half of the colony and they move somewhere else. And at that point, they either create a new queen or they take their queen with them. So what we were noticing in our hive was that there's all these queen cells. It looks like a little um, peanut and you can see like they're, they're trying to give birth, like they're trying to create a queen. So they feed her royal jelly. So it's basically a, a queen bee is a honeybee, but they feed them the royal jelly and only to the queen bee so they can grow bigger than all of the other bees. Whoa, interesting. Yeah. I wonder how they're chosen. I, I don't know how they're chosen. I, I don't know if it's like at random. That's something I don't know, but it's, it's so, it's so fascinating, but, but they would have, there was like seven different queen cells in the hive. And Whoa. what they do is like, they must just pick at random and then like feed them all royal jelly. And then they wait and see which one is going to be the strongest. Oh. And so then they like fight it out. Like if, like if two like are born at the same time they figure out who's stronger and then they kill off the other one. Oh, she dies she can't be a worker no you no because she's already uh, she's already like a queen so you, oh. you can't have queens in one hive oh. so they kill off one and then the other one stays alive and that's their new that's their new queen Interesting. I'm going to read up on bees. Yeah, bees are, it, I didn't realize how like intricate and fascinating bees are. And without bees, you know, we wouldn't have anything. So we need to keep bees alive. Yeah. <laughs> and so th that was another reason why we were so interested in it because we wanted to, you know, help, not that we need to help them. Like they're obviously a wild animal, like they can do it themselves, but there's a lot of diseases and a lot of issues facing that they're facing right now. So we wanted to like, monitor and, and have our own little bees and then we actually split our hive so so one it was so interesting so we actually found the queen bee that was in one of the hives and they were also creating a new queen bee so what we did is we cut out those little queen cells and we moved half of the bees to another box with the queen cells and moved them to a different part of the property so that they could give birth to a new queen and then we'd have two hives and so that happened. So we ended up getting two hives, but then like after a month, 
they we woke up one morning and both of them swarmed at the same time and they left what so that was wild because we disoriented the bees we moved them to like over 12 feet away like really far from each other and that's what's supposed to like help them not you know disorient them and make sure that they don't go back to their old home so that they're separate and they become their own you know colony and they stay separate but it was so weird we were like watching them the night before we went to bed woke up the next morning went to go check on them there was nothing in either of the hives and they both left the same day so we're like this is weird <laughs> that well, means they communicated yeah either yeah 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 they totally communicated what i know isn't it wild yes same, same morning they left and what is the lifespan of bees and what happens when the queen dies let's say i accidentally stepped on the queen then what yeah i mean you probably wouldn't because they take good such care of her like they would oh really her yeah i mean well, she you put but like by accident, but like, but, but like they like completely like follow her around. They make sure that she's safe. Cause that's really? the only bees. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't fly away on her own anywhere to just go no. check out life and come back. <laughs> You'd think, no, no, she can't. She does not leave the hive. Her only duty, what? her only duty is to no lay the eggs. Wow. She's just working all day, like going and putting the little eggs in all the little comb and yeah and then they just like follow her around and like all, there's like different um like all of the different worker bees there's different things that they do so there's some that are like the nurse bees that take care of the babies there's the worker bees that go out and like you know get the pollen and bring it back and then there's like the security bees that like sit in front of the hive and if there's any like predators that come in they like attack the predators it's so interesting wow and yeah we, luckily we had that during quarantine and they were they were just beautiful little bees um mm -hmm. a couple times but <laughs> you did but, yeah but it's actually supposed to be really good for you it's supposed to be you know getting stung yeah getting stung is actually it's good for you your immunity mm. so sometimes some people actually do like bee sting therapy that sounds awful it does sound awful <laughs> I guess it's really good for a certain ailments. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it though. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the lifespan isn't very long. I think it's like a couple months. It's not very long. Mm. Yeah. And then they die. And then what? Where do they go? Where do all the dead bees go? Girl, it's so crazy. We watched it. We watched it happen. They literally have bees that like take the dead bees out and they fly them like away from the hive and then they do this weird thing where they like wrap them up and it's like they bury them <gasps> and then wow. they like put them on the ground somewhere else and like they're done wow we witnessed that too it was so cool <laughs> that's beautiful we even saw like a little baby bee being born like his little eyes like really yeah wow they have their own little society going oh they do they do for sure we love bees I used to be afraid of bees. And then ever since I've done this, the beekeeping, like a deeper respect. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, wasps are another story. Wasps, I'm not down with, but. <laughs> What's, what are wasps about? I don't know anything about those creatures either. 
I, I don't know much about, I mean, I mean, obviously most, you know, every animal has a reason why they're here, but like they're, you know, they're, they're more of a predator. I mean, they, they will attack honeybees and they'll kill them. Uh. They'll behead them. And it's really, it's really gross, but yeah, not down with the wasps. I had a pet praying mantis once and I would, <laughs> I would watch it kill flies. Yeah. It would. Part. Yeah. It would take the wings off first, then the legs. Oh, it's so crazy. Then eat the head. <laughs> it was a trip. That's such a trip. No, we had one here too. Our, there's um, like, there's two little boys here and they had, they found one in the house. Uh-huh. They would feed it and they we would watch it. It was such a crazy. They're so like long and they're little. <laughs> yeah. So meticulous. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they, I think they would like feed the wasps or like the dead honeybees to the praying mantis. <laughs> Is it green? That lime green color? Mm-hmm. And their bulgy eyes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sure was. Are you a fan of planet Earth? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I don't, I love it. I don't, I haven't watched the full thing, which I don't know why, but it is so beautiful. Just watching all the animals and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. Uh, sometimes when I'm sad, I watch animal rescue videos. <laughs> <laughs> like on YouTube? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it makes, my heart so happy. <laughs> like any animal or like dogs? Mainly or... dogs. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. I feel like that makes me sad though, because then it's like I hate seeing, especially dogs. I hate seeing them in in pain. But yeah, but at the end they are revived. That's true. That is. True. Yeah. <laughs> I love that when you're sad. <laughs> Instagram, it's all dogs and whales and earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out the accounts that come up. <laughs> you don't look at anything else. You don't look at fashion. You, don't, you just look at animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to get some of these um, accounts. I feel like I have way too much make too much makeup account on my Instagram that I'm just like, all right, I need something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started muting a lot and getting rid of a lot of accounts just because my brain Yeah, that's smart. It it didn't feel healthy. Yeah. And it got a little bit too um mechanical and a little bit toxic for me. And so yeah. I was like, all right, let's just do animals. Time to time to cleanse that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to the animals now. <laughs> I showed my friend because he was doing research um, on people's explorer page and he was laughing at me because of yeah. what came up. <laughs> I'm really into orca whales. I have to go to Seward Island and see the orcas. Oh, that would be incredible. We saw some sharks when we were in um, French Polynesia too. Oh, you did? 
Were, were you in the water or were you in a boat? Mm, we were in the water. Ooh. I was freaked out. But the the thing about sharks is that they're such a misconception because there's only like less than five species of sharks that will actually attack humans. Otherwise, the rest of the shark population is just like big fish. Like they don't want to, they're oh. scared of people. They don't want to bother you. They're basically there to just kind of cleanse like the ocean floor and that's that's their job they kind of like filter everything are the ones that attack humans based in certain parts of the world i know australia is one of them yeah, i think so yeah like the, yeah yeah definitely like there the were so shark. many shark attacks when i lived in australia almost every day there was a tourist that got bit by a shark and they were Seriously? i remember yeah. one time the front cover was someone in the hospital with a bite mark from the shark's oh. teeth it, it had just spit her back out after chomping uh, down and, she, and then after huh she survived yeah yeah, yeah she's fine she's fine <laughs> <laughs> that, that's your story i just got bit by a shark but he didn't want me so he spit me back out <laughs> but after that they put down this netting inside oh. the cove so the sharks wouldn't be able to come in where the swimmers were that's how, how many there were. That was at least 14, 13 years ago. Oh my gosh. Okay. Bondi Beach. Bondi Beach. I, I've been there. Mm -hmm. I actually went to, I went to Australia and New Zealand in like 2000 and wait, 2005. Okay. That was way before yeah. me. Yeah. Long time it's ago. beautiful, right? Oh my God, it's so beautiful. We went, yeah, scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, you did? Yes, me too. Aren't the colors yeah. incredible and the coral? Oh my God, it was insane. I remember we saw this massive, massive turtle and we just like followed the turtle around because he was just so big. How big? Like he was huge, really big. How big was his head? Oh God, I don't remember. I feel like it was the same size as my head. Like it was oh, very really? Yeah. <laughs> old turtle. That was an old turtle. But yeah, that was magical. That was. Just... I saw a shell that was big enough for you, me, and a friend to be sitting in it comfortably. A shell? Yeah. Like, like, like the clam shell? Yeah. Or... Oh my God. Totally Little Mermaid style wild mm -hmm. wild i i swear to god that i saw a, so black pearls are like native to tahiti oh they are yeah so they do a lot of pearl farming there but like i swear that i found a natural pearl when i was snorkeling and then i remember looking and i was like i think that's a black pearl and i came back up to the water and i was like benji like because i didn't want to I was too afraid to stick my uh, hand down in the coral. So I was like, yeah. down here. And he was talking to, he was talking to um, some other tourists and he's like, oh no, it's probably not a pearl. And I was like, come here and get it. And he didn't. And so then we walked away and he's like, well, I didn't want them to know. Like, I didn't want uh, them to get it. And I was like, well, now we missed it. And then we went back the next day and it was gone. And I was like, oh, yeah. so mad. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> I was like, so you're hiding it from the other tourists, but. <laughs> <laughs> are you allowed to take it i mean i'm i guess i don't know i'm assuming i mean i would have <laughs> in hawaii they won't let you 
Oh, they, really? won't, they won't even let you take a shell off the sand. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, well, we took a shit ton of shells home. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it doesn't matter, or we're breaking the law. I don't know. There was, um, I, I forget exactly the story, but some man, I think on somewhere off the, I think it was one of the Greek islands, he was collecting water and sand and selling it on his Etsy shop, and then the government found out. <laughs> oh my god! He got in trouble? Got in trouble! <laughs> Amazing. You know, pristine, white, super yeah. fine sand. <laughs> oh my god. That's incredible. You know what else we saw in Tahiti, though? There's a black sand beach in Tahiti. Ooh. And it was the most, like, the most fine sand that I've ever felt in my life. And it was mm -hmm. super black that it looked like, when it washed up on your feet, it looked like tar. Like, it oh, was wow. so, so black. It was beautiful against, like, all of the green mountains mm. and the green palm trees and the blue water, like. I've never seen anything like that before. I, I, wow. I've seen a black sand beach in Maui, I think, but it was nothing like this one. That is lava, yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm Yeah, yeah. So the cool thing about French Polynesia is that there's like, there's different strings of islands. So Tahiti, Bora Bora, Morea, where we were, those are all like the lush, rainforesty, you know, mountainous islands. And then there's a different string where we went to another um, atoll, they call it. So it's, it's um, a different atoll of islands. And those are all like just like the white sand beach and only palm trees. There's no other vegetation. So we spent four days in one of those. And then the Marquis Islands are um, the volcanic islands. So those all have like the volcanic rock and like the black sand beach. Mm -hmm. So there's so many different types of islands, which is so cool mm -hmm. experience. And then we didn't go to the Marquis, but those I heard are really beautiful. In Hawaii on the big island, that's where I usually go. And mm -hmm. do you remember when the volcano erupted. Yeah. So it went through a lot of homes oh my on God. the island. And the insurance of how it works is it doesn't cover volcano disasters because that is a natural disaster from, quote, act of God. What? That's what the yeah. insurance says. Yeah. Because it's the earth. They can't control the earth. Well, yeah, but what about like... I mean, even like fires and like hurricanes and all that. I mean, that's also. I think it's because it's so close and they know that they're living next to an active volcano. So right. it's their choice. Dang. Well, I know that's how like a lot of homes in California now, like if you live in like fire zone, like they won't, yeah. even, won't even cover you anymore because it's really liable. Yeah, they're so liable. Mm. They won't, although it's either like, astronomical like the price of it or they just won't at this point they won't even cover it because mem remember the the paradise fire that was so awful yeah yeah it was my boyfriend filmed for the aftermath of that and it was just oh, devastating really? yeah at that point why would you even want to live there and, and pay the prices the insane inflated price for insurance
no, no. Like it, at that point, it's like, okay, there's obviously a reason like we shouldn't be taking over all this land. Like just, yeah. Like, yeah. Go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let the earth be. <laughs> For real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, going back to um, sand and water. I took some water from the Ganga River in India in this little tin. Ew. And I checked. Because, <laughs> okay, the reason is because this river is holy and it's revered in yogic tradition and it's glacier water coming from the top of the glacier that. Like shits and. <laughs> no, you don't shit in there. <laughs> <laughs> Are we thinking of the same river? <laughs> I don't think so. The it, the Ganga River at the base of the Himalayas. I feel like that's the same one. Is does that go all the way through India, like like through big cities in India? Yeah, the Ganga. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My boyfriend has done documentaries of them. I mean, where you were, it was probably pristine, and if you're in the foothills or if you're by the mountains, but like where he was in the bigger cities like that's where everyone like takes a bath they pour their yeah shit, they pee in there like they wash themselves they throw their dirty dishwater like whatever totally. like that's our water source yeah nasty yeah so that, and that's why a lot of people get so sick especially like right. in india is because they it's just contaminated water but anyway yeah. I don't wanna... <laughs> that's true but where i was it wasn't like that no yeah i'm sure yeah. it's beautiful Anyway, I, I took that with me and I checked the other day if it was still in there and it all evaporated. It's gone. Oh, <laughs> I went through so much trouble getting it here. Yeah. yeah. What did you do? You put it in like a jar? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it wasn't sealed tight enough and it evaporated somehow. Yeah. How do you, that's a good point. I should have put it in a mason jar. That's what yeah. I should have done. Bummer. That's okay. I have no, I have yet to go to India. Oh yeah, I spent a month there and it wasn't enough. Really, you like? I it? barely touched it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's such a huge country. Yeah. Massive, and every state is different. They have their own language, their own dress, their own food. Yes. It's a massive country that is so unlike anywhere I've ever been, and it's completely untouched certain areas by Western society. So you see these people living the way that they did thousands of years ago. It's still the same. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And they don't believe in personal space. There's 20 people by you at all times. You're in the ATM and they're all there. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's just so many people there. There's no space. Where, where did you visit? Like what, what areas? Um, I started in Goa because I taught a yoga retreat down there. Okay. And then I went up north. I took a train, which is a trip in itself to be on the train system in India. I'm sure. Up to uh, this area called Rishikesh. So okay. I stayed in Rishikesh in Vrindavan and Dharamsala. Wow. And Delhi, which uh -huh. is a major city. Right. Nice. Yeah. I want to go to Kumbh Mela one year when I'm old. What's, what's that like? I haven't heard of that. It's Kumbh Mela is a festival that they have in India. And oh. it's similar to Burning Man in terms of being a spiritual event. They say you can see all the people that travel from India 
and other parts of the world from outer space from a Hubble telescope that you could see that mass of people because they're congregated. Really? Is, is, is that the one where they throw all the colors? Is that in India? That's holy. That's a yearly festival. That's a holiday for them. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And all the sadhus and the yogis from the cave and on top of the mountain come out. No way. The photos look incredible. What is it called again? It's called Kumbha Mela. Kumbha Mela. You have to look into that. I've never heard yeah, of that. yeah, yeah. It'll probably really inspire your boyfriend in terms of um, filmmaking. Yeah, we yeah we went to Burning Man. I went to Burning Man once with him. He's been twice, and that was an incredible experience. Really? Have you been? I haven't. I've always been turned off. Really? Yeah. Tell me about it. What what turned you'll change my mind? Uh, the people. Oh, really? Is, is it because of like how mainstream it's gotten and like the Instagramable stuff? Yeah. That and everyone seems to be in feathers and leather and naked and on drugs and having sex with each other. <laughs> you're not, you're not wrong. That does happen. <laughs> that, that is definitely part of it. I think unfortunately, <clears throat> unfortunately, because of social media, it has um, kind of sh had that negative effect of like, okay, it's just this, people just go there for their photo and like to get their crazy outfit on and like to do all that, which that is a big part of Burning Man is because it's, it's a big community. So what's really special about Burning Man, it was an incredible experience that I would recommend everyone to do. And I recommend everyone to camp because it's all about being in the element. So like a lot of people would bring um, those probably Instagrammers are probably in their, you know, um, RV and have the nice amenities, but it's like, that's not what's really, for me, that's not what I think Burning Man's all about. For me, it's like being a part of the heat of the dust of, the whole experience and it's a place that all, that you basically create in the middle of the desert they create their own society their own city everything is brought in and then everything has to leave there can't be anything left over if you have any sort of um like trash or anything left over you will not be asked like you won't be able to come back so it's like you're self-sustainable for an entire week or however long some of these artists can go longer because they do the, these amazing art installations. So a lot of artists spend their whole year creating an art, an art installation just for Burning Man. So you'll see the most amazing creations in the middle of the desert. You just literally take your bike and you ride around during the day or at night, like during the day is when you can really see, you know, all the art pieces and experience all of it. A lot of them are, um, you know, you can walk on them, hang on them, um, experience them. And then at night, it's, it feels like you're on Mars. Like there's just lights everywhere. And there's these beautiful art cars that there's DJs on these art cars and there's lights and, um, like fireworks and you can literally take this car and, and they'll just drive around the playa and you can take your bike and you can go to like a different DJ set throughout the entire night. You can just like 
like ride around from place to place dancing and just experiencing like that type of music and that experience and then they have this beautiful temple where you can go and um you know you can meditate um they burn the temple and they burn the burning man so the temple is this place where you come if like you want to let go of something or you know if someone's past in your life you can like bring something in resemblance of them in memory of them and you leave it in the temple and then they burn that at the end of the week so it's like a cleansing experience and the burning man is um that that's the first thing that burns and that's like the entire burning man that like is this huge installation every year it's different every year there's a different theme um and then they burn the man at the end of the week and it's like this huge celebration um and there are definitely different whatever experience you want out of burning man you can get it like there's people that just go there to meditate to do yoga to have a very you know like insightful calming experience but then there's definitely the people that are there to rage and to party and have fun but it's all communal you bring everything in um you can leave but most people don't um you want to you have to bring all your own water your own food your own it's like you're camping and the only thing they provide is you can buy ice there and they have porta bodies but otherwise there's like no showers but the whole idea is that it's um how society should be it should be not about money so nobody's exchanging money so everyone like gives a good or a service if you if you want to you don't even have to but obviously the whole idea is to like give to others and so there's like a whole pamphlet of events the whole week and like you can like just go from place to place and one person's doing like a foot massage and you just literally come in, you sit down and they give you a foot massage or a hand massage, or they're like washing your hair and you don't pay for any of these things. You just like, you just are giving to each other and you're giving to the community or you, you know, or you give them like food or a bracelet in exchange, or, you know, then the next person across the way is like doing, you know, a breakfast with mimosas and you, everyone just comes and like has their own little, you know, breakfast and you meet all these new people and it's 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 a whole world that um it's like no place that you've ever ever been it's such a cool experience so and the idea is that these people who go then bring it back into society yeah and and to implement those those fundamental tools yeah. that they gain exactly mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, so the whole idea is to be, you know, it's not about money, it's not about greed, it's just about giving to others and, and being sustainable. And there's like the 10 commandments and, you know, Burning Man is a whole association and um, they have people like on, in the association that obviously get paid, but otherwise like there's no money, like DJs aren't getting paid for their sets. Like everyone is going there, like these artists aren't getting paid for their installations. Like people are just doing this because they want to for the art and for the people and for the experience and it's just it's, it's a really beautiful place it is i think i think you should do it whenever you like i i was unsure for a while too you wouldn't ever go no, <laughs> like, no. Uh, it sounds loud and dirty <laughs>
mean, do you, do you like camping? I love camping oh. in the woods. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's desert camping, but... But it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously you get dirty because it's sandy and you're in the middle of the desert and it's hot, but dirty in a way of like the sex and the drugs. I mean, obviously there's that too, but you don't have to be a part of that. Like there's so many different, you know, different outlets that you can use or that you can be a part of. There, there's, it's, it's basically like there's something there for everyone and it's such a massive community. There's like 70,000 people there. It's huge. So it's like the idea of it. Yeah. The, the fundamentals, which I'm probably not, I'm not even explaining it. Right. Like the fundamentals. No, you got it. But there's, there's like so much more to it that it's just about, you know, experiencing people and like being a society and caring and, and just giving to others. It's, it's really, it's really cool. You can just ride around and see different things. (laughs) It's crazy. Did you go for a week? We went for like, I think like six days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of prep. It's a lot of work, but it's so, it's definitely, it's so worth it. There's these like beautiful, like we went and did the sunrise set where we got up like 4am and and we rode our bike and met this art car. And then we followed this art car who was like doing, it was Tycho and he was doing the sunrise set. And we went all the way to the edge of the playa and watched the sunrise. And it felt like we were at the edge of the world. It was insane. So beautiful. Very, very that. So yeah, it's, I, I would totally go back. I mean, some people even bring their kids. There's a lot of people that bring their kids. And there's elderly people. <laughs> like it's, I remember going, we went to the outskirts um, and we went to this, there are these cute Japanese people and they had their own little like food stand and they were making, I can't remember, it was like little like pancake, like stuffed pancakes. I forgot what they were called. But they were so cute and there's people lined up and they were all excited. They were talking to everyone and it was their first time. They flew all the way from Japan. Are you kidding? Yeah. Whoa. And set up their little, their little, you know, food stand, made everyone food. Wow. So people from all over the world come. All over the world. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge event. Lots and lots of people. So, I don't know. Think about it. No, girl, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) You still didn't sell me. (laughs) I will create my perfect society in peace. (laughs) That that is true. (laughs) See, my style is going to a place somewhere like Arville. What's Arville? Have you heard of Arville? So Arville is a place in India where it's similar to all the principles you just described, but it's a functioning, existing society all yeah. year round. Yeah. It's a community. People live there. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, so it's the same, but it's not for a week. It's for <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would pop in, check it out. So See cool. what it's like. I even daydreamed about one day, what if I lived there? Oh yeah? Would you, yeah. Would you... Yeah. It would be nice to be a part of that type of utopia. Yes. And be disconnected to society. But when I was younger, I did live that way, but I wanted to come back into society. I wanted more. I felt like I had more to do. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I feel like, I mean, my personality, I wouldn't be able to do that all year long, but maybe like to come in and out is like a really good refresher and, mm-hmm. you know, being able to have that outlet. Mm-hmm. And tap in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I feel like, yeah, like you said, like take that and bring it out to the world and to people you're around. And yeah. Yeah. That's the purpose. Got to bring it back to community. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. How long has it been? I know it's been a couple hours. Oh, cool. I know it, it goes by so fast. Gosh, that was so cool. I was like, about to girls cackling. <laughs> I would love to spend time with you in person once this all blows over. I know. I was telling Benji, my boyfriend, I was like, you have to meet Chloe. She's awesome. Yeah, I think I would like him the way that you describe him. He sounds like a free spirit. Oh, he is 100%. Yeah, you would really like, you'd get along. Well, thank you for asking me part of this. Yeah, this was great. Thank you. Yeah, it was so nice talking to you, especially without our masks on. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I can see your full face. Well, there you go. That's the end of our... (laughs) I'm going to take that out. (laughs)